0: Hello, you're listening to Me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer, because it's more fun to believe. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to another experience of Me and Paranormal You with Ryan Singer. This is Ryan Singer. I, I'm excited today because we're going to have a conversation that is, Um, I, I, I don't know if it's It's definitely not outside the bounds of what we discuss on the show, because we talk about all kinds of uh, interesting, wild, crazy, esoteric, paranormal, mystical, supernatural stuff. But this is something that is so fascinating to me. And it's I I think we're going to have a great, a great chat. Uh, We've got Craig from Haunted Honey from the Bee Guys here with us. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining me
1: today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Um, so,
0: so basically, I'm just gonna try to lay it out, and you can, you know, you can pick me up where I'm, where I'm maybe missing something. But what we got here, we got haunted honey, and this is honey that comes from the crypts or mausoleums where bees have decided to kind of set up residency, right? And yes. So. Which. You know, I had never known was a thing that that happened but i guess bees will go anywhere where they can find a place and specifically down you're in the uh you're in the south you're in uh louisiana
1: yeah right around new Orleans.
0: so bees can't go underground really there or you know so it, i guess it makes sense that they are they're finding these other places right and uh where they're setting up shop
1: yeah well down here uh, uh first off a honeybee is looking for a small hole that leads to a big cap. Uh, just like uh, the house that me and you were living in. You walk through a door, just enough for you to your shoulders through. And then you see your sofa, refrigerator, everything like that. So that's what they're looking for to live in. Small hole leads into a big cavity. Now, down they, the, the one thing about honeybees is nobody told them that they can't do something. They don't have <laughs> politicians with laws. So if they come across a tomb that's open a little bit, they don't have any remorse for that. They don't plan on that. So if it's your house, if it's a hole in an oak tree, they don't care. Uh, so, yeah, uh, over time, uh, the old way of of when they bury people, especially down here, uh, is going to be bricking it up. They, they normally brick and mortar or some type of stone like that. And that's the old way when they put a casket in. The newer way is where they put plastic behind uh, the casket door, most of it. And uh, that's what they silicone it. Uh, with a with a very good adhesive. Uh, sometimes it's not a very good job or other times it gets very hot down here and that silicone will drip over time and it'll create little holes. These little bees will find those little holes. And like I said, they don't care that Uncle Bob is buried there. They're going to go inside of that hole if they see fit. And they'll build a, a, the largest nest I've taken out of a tomb, uh, which regular mausoleums down here are two and a half feet. By two and a half feet opening. Uh, So it was two and a half feet uh, wide by two and a half feet tall, eight and a half feet long in length. It covered the entire casket. Wow. And, uh, but uh, for viewers that might not know, like we said, we're down in New Orleans. Down here, we're so much below sea level that we don't bury most of our dead in the ground like they do in the rest of the country. We bury a lot above ground so uh always always kind of make fun of it they always say you know you're no better than me our graves are going to be the same size that's not true down here in the world. <laughs> some of us, some of us have uh you know regular size graves others have uh graves as big as the house we live in you know and uh that's just the way it is but like i said bees don't care and they will go into these graves uh just like it would be their own home and they're nice and comfy inside of there
0: that's really amazing like bees are like These are the actually the true libertarians.
1: (laughs) Yes, there are zero laws. There are zero
0: laws. They That is really it's really fascinating that I mean, I'm trying to imagine, you know, the, the first person who goes into a mausoleum and sees a casket covered in a in a honeybee hive. I mean, that is that's a visual image straight from a horror film um if you don't know that that's something that can happen that had to be that has to be like well how long have you guys been doing it
1: uh well i've been doing bees honeybees and honeybee removal for around 20 years now uh we've been doing uh grave removals for probably about 15 of those years or so uh you know give or take But uh, it's just like any other, uh, you know, customer or or job that we do with the removal. Uh, We don't, a a misconception that we get a lot of times is we get a lot of naysayers that find out about this and say, oh, well, you're you're just a grave robber. No, that's not what we're doing, you know, but different people have different perspectives. But uh, no, we don't go in there to take anything on purpose or, or misarrange anything. And we do, we get called out by the uh, uh, cemeteries or by the, for them to go out there and take care of these bees. Uh, we just don't go. Hey, I see a beehive. I'm going to go open up that tomb and we're going to go get it. That's not what we do. Uh, the re the just like I alluded to before, eight and a half feet long, the largest one that I've did. That doesn't get built over the weekend. That's there for years. So uh, if they're good left alone, a lot of times these cemeteries will leave them there. But uh, with every grave being in close proximity to each other, if they start causing a problem with the maintenance crew, if they start causing a problem for visitors and everybody's uh, people getting stung uh, or uh, a procession has to be had next to a grave that has bees in it and they can't have a funeral without that the bees being gone. That's instances where we take them out. So it, it's selective. It's not just, hey, that we see a bee and we're going to go grab it from that tomb, you know, and uh, it's always done with the the utmost respect and dignity. You know, we uh, we we only take the bees out and that's we're there to do a job and that's it. You know, we try to leave it better than we found it just with less honey. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that's
0: so it's so wild. I I mean, I'm guessing it's kind of like a bee relocation program when you have. Yes, it is a big thing. And the because I mean, at the end of the day, too, I mean, who doesn't? who doesn't love honey and, and and specifically local honey has so many health benefits for people who suffer from allergies and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, you know, everybody, I think is for the most part, pretty aware of like the benefits of honey and, and how great right. it is. And, you know, and the bees are like the, you know, the canary in the coal mine, everybody's talking, you know, like we really got to, you know, you got to save the bees because the bees, like if the bees are all gone and that's just the beginning of the end of everything and so there is like a very there's a lot loaded into bees right um yeah especially in in modern days like what people think and and our opinions of them and and how they should be handled etc cetera, etc cetera. it's not like you're just going there with like you know uh you know extermination spray and just like covering a casket with a bunch of poison and killing yes. off bees right
1: yes uh we're we'll always say this we're beekeepers we're not exterminators uh you know and a lot of times exterminators don't take these jobs because we need our bees uh they're not equipped to handle it and they're a lot of them are knowledgeable enough to handle it in the first place you know uh it's a specialty uh we deal with with bees wasps things like that now when it comes to roaches ants termites i'm not the guy to talk to you know that's somebody else's specialty so it, it really is a niche in itself as to you have to be trained have for uh, the equipment to do it, uh, do it correctly, you know, and everything else. Because when you're you, you got to remember, when you're going into a beehive, whether it's in somebody's house or uh, a tomb or so, things can go wrong. Uh, this isn't the NFL where you can call time out and say, you know what, I'm going to hold on. Let me think about what has to be done. Uh, those bees, you're going to interrupt sometimes 30 000 to 60,000 bees in a oh, hive. Yeah you're interrupting their home yeah, and they're going to start protecting their home. So it's, think of it as like a home invasion for the most part. You know, if if somebody comes into your house, you're not asking questions, you know, you're going to be on high alert and wanting to to protect what's yours because they're not supposed to be there. That's exactly what happens, except for it's not just one person. You got numerous bees doing that. So like I said, in the springtime, a queen can lay up to 2000 eggs a day. 1500 to 2000 eggs a day in 21 days, those babies start hatching. So she laid 2000 on Monday. Well, guess what? Next Tuesday, those bees are hatching again. Every day you're having that, uh, that motor generate that motor run. And, wow. uh, that's a lot, that's a lot of bees. It's a lot of insects. That's, that's one to come and hurt you.
0: Yeah. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds like a nightmare uh you know is, is when you go into a situation like that ill-equipped or not knowing what you're doing i mean that's definitely not something that anyone should be doing you so you've been doing 15 years about when you did your first uh gravesite if i remember correctly yes and how long has hunted honey been a thing
1: it's only been uh we marketed it uh two years ago uh two two and a half years ago i did it on you know, the it wasn't meant to get, I want to say, I don't want to say it wasn't meant to get, but it was never thought of as being as big as what it is. Uh, uh, this was uh, something that's actually a product of coronavirus. And if you look at our label, it's got it's not so subtle, but it uh, the, the, the skull has a mask on, it, you know, so as as uh, redundant as that would be to have a skull on something that's dead. <laughs> I mean, a, a mask on something that's dead, you know, but it, uh, that that's, that's a product of the times of when it was born, uh, you know, and I wanted that on there for that reason, because anybody, uh, anybody right now, whether you're a kid or 50 years old, you're going to take a look at that, that that symbol and you're going to go, why does it have a met? Okay. I know everybody's going to remember there There's never going to be nobody that doesn't remember COVID for two years. Anyway, uh, you know, it, it, we started off with 25 jars. Uh, we bought them off of Amazon. And I marketed it on October 1st, and my uh, hope was to get the Halloween crowd. That's what I was going for. Everybody goes for Halloween, they go hard for Halloween. And I thought, this is the people that would love something like this, not the Christian community that goes to the church every Sunday kind of thing. That's probably not what they would be into. So i marketed market on Halloween. Uh, we, on our Facebook page, we had about uh, 1,500 uh, uh, followers. We're just a local New Orleans beekeeping company, so not a uh, not something you would expect millions of people to see. Anyway, uh, when we put it up on our Facebook page, within seven days, I think it was eight days, if I'm remembering right, we had over a million views just on one particular post on Facebook. Everybody that saw it shared it, and it went. It literally went worldwide overnight, and it was. It, it, it's something I've never thought of, and I never. Ex- i'll ever experience again you know but the phone started lighting up we didn't have i mean just a just a simple beekeeper here i'm not a rocket scientist so uh, you know logistics or anything else and what ended up happening was i had 25 jars and i had 400 calls and emails and texts and uh, uh, uh facebook messenger emails email, uh, coming in and a lot of them were just double people saying i want this i want this i want this and 25 jars don't go too far
0: <laughs> no no i was so, gonna say yeah that you needed a couple a couple at least a couple zeros on those uh on that order
1: yeah so we we started with 25 jars uh we started with a label that was printed off of my own printer in my office and it wasn't nothing uber professional and i knew that and uh it was kind of that way by design because i didn't want to put a lot of money behind it and say oh we sold five jars and honey who can we get rid of these jars to you know the just the empty jars that i don't need because it's not something practical we use we put it in different jars and i wanted a different jar than a regular honey jar to keep it separate because we don't uh, we do sell regular honey out of our hives and i don't want to mix something that comes out of our hives with the specialty product so it's jarred differently uh, so anyway needless to say those 25 jars were gone almost instantly and uh that's when we said Okay, Amazon, step up to the plate. I need two-day service. I need jars, and I need them five hours ago. And uh, it took us three or four days to get it get it in. But during that three or four-day time period, the motor kept running, the orders kept coming in, and we didn't have an ordering system. I had, like I said, I had text messages, I had phone calls, <laughs> and emails,
0: shit. and I had
1: to remember these people's names. So I said I had to sit down and make a spreadsheet on Excel, and thirty-something people per page and i went back and i messaged everybody one long message saying look we're this isn't this is brand new i'm sorry we're not getting back to you uh this is how we're going to order we're going to streamline it through facebook messenger through the business so if you want uh in order here's our products message us this your name at shipping address what you want i'll message you back a price uh, for what it is off of our price list, and then we'll go from there. We'll ship it out to you. You know, a PayPal, uh, Cash App. I've never dealt dealt with either one of those until we started this. Heard of it, never dealt with it. I'm I'm a creature of habit. I deal with cash a lot. I barely use a debit card. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm a dinosaur. So all of this was new to me, being at the core of it, and everything was off and running, and I was the one that was left behind. So we had to start getting uh, orders in orders out labels created and better labels created and oh, jars started breaking here and there we had to, you know, do different things with logistics in order to get them out. And we work quite a bit already, uh, because with the, uh, the the bee removals we do them during the night time. So if you would have an issue with bees, we would come out to your house during the day, assess it, and then we would come back and put our hands on it at nighttime when all the bees are back home. That's already a long enough job in itself. That's 16-hour days sometimes, especially during summertime, sometimes 18, 20-hour days if you can believe it. So where's the time in order to write all of these messages down and everything else and uh, put, put, put the the product together put the product in a bag and send it off to the post office you know uh i didn't know anything about uh, sending things through the po- post office as far as multi packages uh it's embarrassing now but uh the first time w- i went to the post office i went with a duffel bag over my shoulder and i probably had 30 bubble mailers in there and i had to stand there and give the woman bubble mailers, you know, weigh this and okay, this is this, this, is this. And I paid for it at the end of it. It was probably $250 just to send them all out. You know, uh, that's when we had to go to what we use a platform called shipping easy. Now uh, do it from the office and everything, but that was all foreign. that's not something that we just said, okay, this is a problem. Here's the solution and we're done. This all had to be learned. So every order that came in had to be physically taken off of uh the my phone uh or or my email address whatever it is uh and then written down by in hand and then put into the computer uh you know so obviously ever since then we've streamlined it now we've already had we had a website already but now we've integrated it into our website so all you got to do is go on our website and all of that's kind of done now we ship out the packages, but it was a it was a learning on the go process it was trial by fire and it, it was crazy for some months because uh, October hit and that was when we did it. That was the million views. But then after that, we started having Christmas and things like that. So everybody wanted it for Christmas gifts. And so it it really continued till about the, the first of the year. And I wasn't sure when it was ever going to stop. You know, it, it did die down a little bit, uh, you know, but that was it was a crazy time of life in order to have that. That's not something that. You know, you would expect to have uh, in our line of business to grow that quickly with just something that just I honestly went viral, you know. So I I personally know what that means now, you know, as yeah. far as as far as having to live it, uh, you know, somebody wanting something from you that you just can't provide on the spot just because everything hits you literally overnight. You know, never thought it was going to be that way, uh, but it is. And a lot of our uh, clientele uh, are, uh, you know, of the spiritual realm and everything, which is something I learned a lot about uh, since I'm dealing with that type of clientele. I'm um, honestly, I was born in a Catholic family. I consider myself a Christian, you know, but I'm not a fanatic about anything. I'm every everybody's got their own thing, and uh, I respect everybody's, you know, uh, belief system and everything else. And I try and learn about them too and uh with that that's where all of my knowledge came from about this but i started talking to people that were telling me oh i'm a witch i'm this i'm um you know i I cast spells and this is uh this almost had me looking at my bible going wait where did jesus say this (laughs) you know so uh but like i said it it was it was more funny than, than than uh realistic to me but we have a lot of people from you know pagan and things like that uh uh, which is they they do all kind of things with it uh we sell uh down here in new orleans to a shop called hex and omen uh it's run by christian day and brian kane uh they are very big into the spiritual world and uh that the, all the history the you know spiritual history that we have down here in new orleans uh it, it really fits right in uh but our phone would not stop ringing it would it it was ridiculous. Uh, the once you get off one call, the phone was already ringing two other times, and you had to call all of these people back. Some of them didn't leave messages, and everybody was calling about haunted honey. Uh, it was it was rare come in comparison as to somebody saying, uh, hey, uh, I've got bees coming into my living room. Can you come help? Because that happens a lot, but not in, not in October, but. Uh, everything was nothing but haunted, honey. It was the haunted, honey world. That I was just living in. Wow. That's it, it. It was literally catching fire, you know? Um, but uh, I was actually talking with my father one day, we were working on a job. He puts up fences and, uh, you know, that's what I was born into instead of beekeeping. Uh, we put up fences and I was working with him on a job, helping out. And he said, man, is your phone ever going to stop ringing? And this is only probably about two to three weeks into it. And I caught, I caught myself after I said it, I said, I don't, I'm not sure. Because you know what, you can't get this anywhere else in the world. I'm the only person that has. not And I thought about that after it left my mouth. And I said, you know what, I'm right. There is, I I don't, I, I don't care where else you go. If you go North Louisiana or Texas, if they have mausoleums above ground tombs, it doesn't come from the, the, the haunted cemeteries of the world you know that's the that's the flair of it that's uh you know the the location logistics of it of where it comes from and uh through talking through a lot of different people uh you know uh i'm sure i'll be criticized on what i'm saying here because it might not be correct i guess but uh from other people's mouths of the spiritual realm they say well it's naturally given it's freely given uh it's between life and death you know so it's got so many things uh, like magical powers working for it and you know i've had uh voodoo priests uh one, uh, one in particular i will am not gonna mention his name and i don't remember his name but uh he told me he said you know he said i'm, I'm a commissioned voodoo practitioner uh my son's commissioned and all that we do a lot of root work and things like that and he said uh i want it because i want to feed my dead and that's when i had to stop and say did i hear you right feed your dead he said, "Yes, he said, I'm going to put this on the altar for something, and that's where you feed the ancestors in the afterlife, or something along those lines." And again, I'm sorry if I'm getting it a little bit mixed up, but I'm pretty—I'm pretty sure I've got it about right. But that's what his particular take on it was. So, uh, a lot of things since I'm not uh, me personally haven't been into this uh, practice, religious practice, and everything else spiritual practice for all of my life. And I don't know the ins and outs of it. I like to try and take a little bit from here and there from what people say and try and integrate it and kind of put together the, the picture of what I believe everything is. You know, uh, we've done a couple uh a, a couple functions. functions. Uh, one was actually at uh, something called Hex Fest, which is uh, thrown by the owners of Hex and Omen. It's like a festival that they have in New Orleans. uh every year and i met one of the presenters there and he was telling me some fascinating things about he's a follower of hermes and uh i can't remember his name uh, right now i got it written down but anyway uh he was telling me fascinating things about bee maidens and he went on for 30 45 minutes just talking to me as a vendor you know about this belief and how bees and uh, everything else affects everything from Zeus to the afterlife and you know all things of that realm so it's it's always a learning experience as far as I'm concerned with it you know yeah and for it, uh, sure I mean always it's, finding out something
0: yeah and it, what's really fascinating too is you know bees I mean there's a lot of mythology around bees too and like yes. you're, you're touching on it and 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 like you said I think you're 100 accurate New Orleans has something and anybody in the paranormal world. And a lot of people who listen to this show are, are interested in, you know, ghosts, aliens, esoteric, you know, Freemasonry, all kinds of stuff. Right. And there's something, there's something about new Orleans that everybody understands is uh, there's, there's real magic down in that town. And uh, that city is known as, you know, if not the most haunted city in the country, you know, one of the most haunted, you know, mystical paranormal cities in the world. And you're right, you're the only one who has haunted honey from New Orleans. And I can only imagine what it's like to be like, Oh, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna sell this uh, 25 jars of this. And then overnight, you have a full blown successful business that has so many demands. Yes. And it's got to be overwhelming. I mean, cause I, cause you know, I ship out all of my stuff for the most part. Like uh, if I have leftover t-shirts from what I'm doing, like stand-up shows around the country or on tour or whatever. And if I have 10 orders of a t- t-shirt come in, if I post something on Instagram, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta get on this. Cause I have to like yeah. mail it all out, print it all out. I have to take it to the post office, pack it all up. And then I couldn't imagine immediately having to integrate that into like, okay, this is a full-blown business that sustains itself now, like even more so than uh, as a separate, completely separate entity than what I do. Um, Yeah. And which is, I do want to, let's take a, we're going to, there's a, I got a ton of questions, but. Uh, real quick, let's, let's take a quick pause for uh, some commercials. And just as a reminder to the listeners, you can go to patreon.com backslash Ryan Singer, you can, you can get all these uh, interviews without uh, and all these episodes without commercials for $3 a month. Uh, That's it less than a Starbucks iced coffee. Um, No commercials. So uh, let's do that. We'll be right back. okay so we're back i'm'm I'm, I'm chatting here with craig from haunted honey and bee guys and we're talking about having the only product in the world uh that's very specific and i'm sure i mean it's been two years that, you know i'm sure you've been knocked off by now right
1: no oh you haven't no there's nobody there's nobody that can't you know legitimately there's nobody that can't you know, it's, uh, I mean, there's uh, not people
0: even trying to like position themselves as, as selling haunted honey, you know, in a way no. that kind of like edges in on you.
1: No, not at all. Because That's it, awesome. it, it's too, well, it, it I don't want to say it's the, it, I can't call myself a mastermind for it or anything else. It's not, it's not me. It's the product. It sells itself because of the amount of uniqueness that it brings. There is nothing else like it, you know? Uh, <laughs> if you the the way I like to tell it to people is if you walk into a, a magic store or something you're going to find crystals you're going to find little cards you know you're going to find things that are unique you might find uh you know uh little geode crystals or or for the most part you can find those at other places i'll see that in another store that i walk in whether it's made by nature or not now where it come from come from i'm not sure there's nobody that can have exactly what we have down here from new orleans you know uh i'll go get honey out of my hives uh that's not haunted honey that's that doesn't have that flair you know it's anybody that gets it from texas or so uh where i've heard they got some above ground tombs over there that is not you know from new orleans that is not from the cities of the dead that you know we have haunted tours cemetery tours that go down here daily you know so it's a big business it's a well-known thing that uh you know it's not just saying oh well it's haunted yeah well no it's it it, it, it's it's from x amount of places no it's from inside of a tomb where the first thing is is nobody believes me in the first place Mm -hmm. and i've had several people that say oh i can have haunted honey too all i gotta do is go buy it from sam's Uh, yeah well we, we can shut them up with a few pictures <laughs> yeah. because that uh, with, with the whole population, if you call a Democrat or Republican, everybody has a different belief and a different thought pattern. So I understand where the thought comes from, but we have everything to show for it as to where it comes from. You know, uh, and there's first off, there's not many beekeepers. Uh, there's not many people that's willing to take the stings in order to go get a beehive out of our house much less, like I told you, we do this at nighttime, be the only living thing in the cemetery (laughs) in the middle of the night, you know, with no lights or anything else. And it's just you and bees and uh, in the complete darkness. So I don't know if you ever walk through a cemetery at night, but i tell you what, it's quiet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, throwing on the added layer of all the bees and the thousands and thousands of bees. Now you're doing a home invasion. It's terrifying to me. And I do wonder about like, You know, obviously, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there would be a limited amount of like graves and mausoleums that are actually occupied. Right. I mean, unless it's like a thing that is just really common everywhere uh, in in these cemeteries, like you have a limited supply to a certain degree to where it's not like it's not like you're running like amazon notebooks or something right and like yeah. you can just you and like there's never there's no never in to it's supply support.
1: exactly yeah no no we the only reason that we have the supply that we do and that we were able to to withstand the onslaught of demand immediately when we put our product out is the years of years that we did this honey never goes bad real honey never goes bad uh, it's the purest food known to man. So uh, we don't have apples or oranges that's going to expire in a week or two or go soft. This honey, some of it's been taken out 10 years ago. and it's, uh, it's from different different tombs and we put it all together because we used to sell to uh, uh, two specific restaurants. And when we sold to those restaurants, uh, ethically, we wouldn't put, we wouldn't have put this together. Honey is honey. You know, there's nothing going to be wrong with it, but we didn't want to put something into a jar of somebody that's unsuspecting, not knowing where this comes from, and say, oh, yeah, we got this out of our hives. And then, well, it comes back that it's got uh, something from a grave inside of it that can't be explained. How do I answer for that as to how did that get inside of my honey? That That's an ethical thing. We don't sell it. You know, you're not supposed to sell honey that comes out of removals type of things comes out of your house with insulation or sheetrock or things like that. We give a lot of that back to the bees and put it back into nature. Or if the customer wants it, that's fine. But as far as the haunted honey, it just kept mounting up and mounting up and mounting up and taking up space. Uh, And never did I think that it would blow into something like this, but you know uh, it's just the way that it happened. You know, it was a savings account that wasn't even really a savings account. It was just a food bank. That's what it was. And, uh, when it was, when it was time to say, you know what, here, here it is. And the world wanted it and they really, they really got a lot of it, you know, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, we are on a a pitch count, if you will, because we don't do 500 a year or anything else like that, you know, where, so the honey that we get out now is precious and it goes into our, I guess you say bank account of honey, of haunted honey. So, uh, that's why we were able to, to withstand the demand, you know, so. We, we yeah. can't make any more of it. And uh, there's something else that's a uh, new flair that we have too, that I can make more of. And it's it's something that just happened last year, or this year, uh, last year. And uh, I don't know if you know too much about voodoo, but uh, do you know who the queen of voodoo is?
0: Um, It's not Marie,
1: Marie Laveau. Okay, Marie Laveau. And, yeah, Marie Laveau. She's buried down here in New Orleans, and this we had uh, we were going through a cemetery one day, and uh, they had a ball of bees that was right on the front of her tomb by the ground. They did not go inside of the tomb. We we took it was a swarm of bees, which is a queen with a whole bunch of workers in transport, either getting to a home or looking for a home resting. Uh, we put those bees inside of a box. and we keep those bees in our yard. And that is what we call a Marie Laveau line of, of honey oh, that wow. actually come that the, the bees came from the front of her tomb. you know? So that's, epic. that's it.
0: That's yeah, that is really epic. And yeah. I mean, wow. there's, I mean, you touched on it, how honey is like the purest form of food. And, you know, I, and I'm curious too, like, like part of me wonders, have you like the craziest like review or, customer uh response you've gotten like you know what i got this haunted honey from you and then next you know all this shit starts going crazy at my house as soon as the honey shows up like have you had any kind of response like that i'm just curious if anybody's responded to you and
1: with like paranormal attachments to the honey uh some people uh I want to say have, you know, but not nothing, not nothing like that. But uh, uh, I would joke with people. I was like, you know, there's a poltergeist in every bottle, you know, type of thing, you know, but uh, no, we uh, I haven't heard of things like that. But I have had people uh, come back and tell me magical things that they've done, you know, spiritual things that they've done that this they believed helped them with it. You know, uh, they, they feel that there's a power to it and you know like i said uh, not out of my mouth it's just from what i've heard but it, it's it, it doesn't go any further than that I've, I've heard people tell me that they've got a a feeling about it you know around it uh i had a, a gentleman do a uh podcast on it on youtube two years ago and i sent him a bottle and he did probably a 30 minute review on it and he tasted it you know uh, on the video and he, he said, man, I just feel funny. I just feel just to know where this comes from. And he described the flavor of it and everything else. And he was kind of tripped out by it because it's it's just it's, it's got something to it. It, it. it does have that much of a story behind it. It's not something you're going to find anywhere else, you know. So w- when you think about what you're doing and where it comes from, I can see where it gives you that the uh, that sensation, but we, we've had nothing but good responses from it you know nobody's ever gotten sick of it we sell it as a non-edible product we sell it as a novelty only uh however that, that's just strictly for legal purposes you know to where uh honey is a food that's ready to be eaten so if somebody eats it and gets sick we don't have complete control over where the honey comes from we have no control over the bees where they go or anything else like that so since that's not in our control we're better selling it as a novelty saying don't eat it." however as far as everything else goes people buy this with the sole intention of eating it i eat it my friends eat it my kids eat it it's pure food there's nothing that's going to be wrong with honey if there's something wrong with the with uh any honey or anything else, the bees are not going to put it in their own food, so they're going to keep it clean. You know, so there's nothing going to be in, no, no, no parasite or pathogen that's not designed to be in honey is ever going to be in honey. And it's, it's concealed in a wax. So the honey for people that don't know is pretty much in a, in a cup that's concealed. Once it's hundred percent made, they cover it with a thin sheet of wax. So the honey isn't even exposed until somebody likes like me comes along and cuts it out or the bees open it up themselves to eat it. So if you ever really take a good look at a honeycomb, it's going to be most likely like a white sheen on the top of it. And that's just a layer of wax keeping the honey concealed in the cells. Yeah. So th- there's nothing going to be in it, you know, at all. And it's it's just great engineering what the bees do and i trust the bees more than i trust most humans uh they know what they're doing and you know it's it's not going to hurt anything you know it's never hurt anybody that i know of but uh as far as eating it or so that we sell that as a novelty only but the Marie Laveau line, we do have control over that hive that is uh, you know like i said that's something that we put in in a, a beehive ourselves and we're taken care of so we know what's coming and going from there but that's the bees that came from her grave you know and that's so
0: yeah and it's let's i want to touch a little bit on you know we're talking about the meaning too and you know the intent or the story that goes behind something and I don't think we can dismiss the power of such things because I mean, even if you're watching and you said pitch count earlier, which I really appreciate because it's the winter meetings in baseball right now for any of my (laughs) baseball nerds out there. And it's been bonkers the last few days with some of these contracts that are being handed out, but the, that's neither here nor there, but the, um, when you're watching a sporting event, oftentimes what makes the sporting event so much more enjoyable and meaningful to the viewer is when they'll do like a, They'll do a piece or a side story on one of the players and what the player has overcome in their own personal life uh whether it's a tragedy or circumstances that they triumphed over to be where they are today performing at a high level and these stories make watching the game that they are participating in just more rich right yeah, and, and more meaningful and i think that's with anything like if i'm listening to an album like there's a mars volta album that was recorded in a haunted recording studio and then the, the recording disappeared and then they had to re-record it like that album has extra meaning because of the story behind it so when it comes to the honey that also has this story behind it it does give it more juice more power more meaningfulness and a lot of people who listen to this show are into magical practices and you know, whether people want to call it paganism, uh, you know, Wiccan, the occult, whatever, or just esoteric stuff. And this sounds like a great thing because it's all about intent and it's all about, you know, feelings and the energy and like that. You said that guy when he was making the video, he's like, I just feel weird. Yeah. And and if we don't have our feelings, what do we have? You know, I mean, what, what separates us from just a robot that's walking around? If 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 we're not valuing these emotions and feelings that we have, uh, as these conscious creatures, uh, that is really cool that it has turned into this or opened up this whole different world of, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, people want to call it witchcraft or just the holistic, the natural remedies of the world, which had been kind of pushed to the side. And I think COVID, really started making certain people when they were like stuck at home realizes they they realized they wanted to get back to more kind of an earth-based an earthly got natural connection to things around them and i think the timing of this is just so on point it's like a perfect storm of all these great things and the simplest ideas are the most genius by the way i mean we hear that said a lot and like this is like such a, a just haunted honey boom i mean it's just brilliant and the fact that it also has all these benefits for people that they can bring to the table themselves through intent is amazing to me. Do yeah. you find yourself um, ever I don't know what 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 the right way to ask this is um, Have you had any like experiences throughout your childhood because I was raised Catholic as well. And it's a very mystical religion right with a bunch of miracles and a bunch of supernatural stuff happening um have you had a part of your life like whether it was growing up as a kid or when you were a little bit older or maybe more so now after the haunted honey thing exploded has that been a part of your life or was it something you never really thought about
1: uh what 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 portion like have you had
0: any experiences of the supernatural of the paranormal of just you know or like synchronicities or coincidences that keep happening like that you can remember as a childhood
1: yeah not so far as as childhood i guess you'd say but uh you know i I do have a few uh true ghost stories i guess you say from from removals uh you know so it's kind of uh, it's just an experience, and I, uh, it it's one of those things that you know. I don't know if you want to believe in ghosts or not, and uh, I don't say if I do or don't, but I know something different happened, you know. And it's uh, oh, I'd
0: love to hear about this.
1: Well, uh, I'll give you one story, one particular one. Um, uh, like like I said, we do the removals at nighttime, and there's no electricity. You can't just plug pl- plug into Aunt Mary's grave. You know and get some electricity in a graveyard it's just strictly above ground tombs and down here in new orleans like everything's above ground you have very very little of them are in ground so they call it the cities of the dead so when you're in a a graveyard around here there's rows of buildings just rows of mausoleums and standalone tombs so uh it's like a city you're in a you're in your own little city of graves and anyway, uh, I had this one removal that we had to do. I was by myself for it, and I tried to get to, to it a little early because I, I couldn't remember what street it was on. We have street names in our cemeteries. It, they're, they're huge. So I couldn't remember what street it was on, but I knew it by the look, and I knew the name of it. So I, I got there a little early, went to, go, went to go look, and I found it a little late. I found it right after dark. Uh, so I had to fire up the generator in the back of the truck uh, in order to get the electricity from my light, my, my vacuum, and different things like that. I was probably there for three hours, I guess you say. But uh, I went to the grave. I put everything in front of it. And uh, you got to remember, everything's pitch black around you. And you have I have one light that I'm dealing with. It's a 100-watt light bulb and a, and a treble light, you know, like a mechanic's light. Uh, that's shining on me to where I can manipulate where the bees go and what they're doing, because bees are manipulated by light. So uh, you don't want a whole bunch of daylight around you or a lot of lights because they'll go to those lights and it'll make it harder. Anyway, I opened up the tomb and uh, found right where the bees were, started my work with the vacuum and everything, and started getting all the bees off. Probably about uh, 45 minutes in, I said, I need another tool. This particular nest went back about six feet deep, And it was probably about two and a half feet wide uh, inside of a stand-up, standalone tomb. And uh, I went back to my truck that was parked uh, strategically probably about uh, 50, 60 feet away from me to try and keep the generator out of my ears because it's just, you know, very loud. And uh, walking back to the truck, it was a very calm night. There was no wind. Uh, It was 70 degrees, something like that. And it was very, very calm, very still. And it was just me in the graveyard and i went back to my truck and i passed in front of one just one particular grave and i didn't notice it at that point but i felt a breeze come across the back right hand side of my neck and as a matter of fact it's making my hair stand up right now in the back of my neck because i can remember it like it was yesterday and it was just a, a light little breeze that swirled around the back right side of my neck and it, it's it i had that feeling of uh If you've ever really truly had that feeling of look behind you somebody's behind you that's kind of what it was and it made me look and even though i'm a sane person and looking behind myself and i know i'm the only thing that's there you know there if somebody's walking up on me that that's a problem (laughs) you know but uh anyway obviously there was nobody there there was nothing there but that little gust of wind really kind of got them anyway i shook it off i said my head's playing tricks on me so I went to go get my get my tool, went back, and about another 10 minutes in, I needed something else. I walked back to my truck, and that same little gust of wind hit the back right hand side of my neck again. It was like a breath. It was very, very light. And it uh I, I don't know how to explain it. I looked at the little trees and they were still. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing I could attribute it to. And I had that feeling, you know, look behind you, you know, and nothing was there. But uh those two particular times right there, I ended up having to go back and finish the job, and uh, it, it it was it was just kind of uh, an experience because I never had that before. You know, you might uh, if if you do have some type of paranoia or something like that, uh, I can understand how you might have a feeling or something, but I, I don't have anything, you know, that would make me have that feeling. And uh, it was in front of this one particular grave, uh, that that was two down from where I was working at. On my walk to my truck, and I only noticed it after I was finished, and it was the second time, uh, you know. Uh, so that's one of them. Uh, and another quick one was uh, uh, we have a lot of bayous down here in uh, in and around South Louisiana, where nothing but water. So anyway, I was I was doing a removal at another cemetery, smaller cemetery, uh, but it was at the end of a road it's like the end of the earth like you don't go down here unless you belong you can't get lost and find this place you have to have a reason to go down this road cuz only se- just a few people live down it and it happened to be where a cemetery is at there's not too many cars going and coming from a cemetery at 10 11 o'clock at night uh i was doing a removal with my with my light and everything my, my generator uh, i'm sorry my generator wasn't running for this i had a light pole i could plug into and I had two of them that I had to do. One was ended up being eight and a half feet long and the other one was eight feet long. Uh, there were probably five mausoleum tombs away from each other. uh what, going into the cemetery, it was a rock road and uh, I had my truck parked. I'm working and I can hear the rocks. I can hear a car coming on the rocks. I don't see any headlights yet. And I said, wow, who's mm-hmm. coming down this cemetery at night like this? i said there's not supposed to be anybody that should be coming down here so it really kind of put me on alert and uh i see a car pull up kind of close to my truck and i'll pop these four kids you know uh, i say kids they had to be 18 20 years old or, or so and they're kind of talking carrying on a little bit and i'm looking at them and i said you know what uh, they look they, they kind of saw me and uh i just wanted to ask them i said man what, what y'all doing out here they said uh we're coming we're ghost hunting oh, okay. I said, so, wow. How, how do you know I'm not a ghost? <laughs> <You> know, did, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm not doing too good of a job. If uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? I said, did, did, did y'all actually expect to see somebody here? You know, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, my, so I said, nobody asked me if I'm a ghost. I said that y'all, y'all a little bit worse uh, than the Scooby-Doo crew, <laughs> you know, but uh, I hope I, they I, laughed when you said that. I, I thought didn't. that was I thought that was hilarious because uh, they almost acted like they oh no big deal he's there you know uh,
0: wow it's yeah. only
1: me in a graveyard me in a in a white bee suit you know in a yeah, veil just,
0: like <laughs> who would who is expecting to see such a thing
1: and it, it was like they were they were unfazed by it you know so not a ghost story but they were walking around with little flashlights and hollering some words or so and then they were trying to be quiet at times because. Like I said, the graveyard wasn't that uh, that large, so they were kind of in close proximity to me, where I can kind of see where they were. But uh, I was more worried about, uh, you know, somebody else trying to come back there for for me for whatever reason, you know, like a safety issue. There shouldn't be nobody there,
0: you yeah. know,
1: for whatever you're doing. But they they were they were legitimate about what they were doing. I don't know if they found that, but I said, man, y'all really failed when y'all didn't ask me if I was a ghost. <laughs> I said I'm even wearing a white, almost a white sheet. You know. Yeah, I
0: mean, you are. You look like what it like, yeah. If I saw someone in a full bee outfit, like a beekeeper outfit, is that what it's called, like a bee suit? Yeah,
1: it's it's called a bee suit. Yes,
0: Uh, a bee suit. I would just be like, wait, what the what what is what is happening right now? Um, that's really funny. I it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? at night um unless you're you know not to sound like an old an old guy but like unless you're up to no good unless yeah. you're up to no good you're you know you're trying to drink some beers you snuck out of the house you're a kid or whatever at least that's how it was in southern ohio where i grew up but but yeah i've i don't know what i would do it would, it would take me a few minutes to be able to process if i saw someone in a bee suit at a cemetery i would just be I would be baffled by it but then i mean obviously you know be able to put it together a little bit after having this conversation it yeah. wouldn't be the strangest thing i've ever seen in my life but um but up here in ohio you know there are mausoleums but it's not like like you said it's not like the cities of the dead down there um
1: yeah it, it, it's countless and when you're uh when you're driving along i-10 we have got a lot of uh cemeteries along right by the superdome for the most part when as you're getting into the heart of new orleans and as you look out it's like for we live around it so to me it's not that awe-inspiring i guess you say because i've been born and raised down here so it's everyday living but it really is a sight you can just see the mass amount of graves and just to know that all if anything else all of those people have already existed before you and how much of a fraction that is, you know, but you can, it, it, it's not a, a, a gravestone where you can just see, you know, a, a f- big large field and try and guess how many people are there, but you can see these over like a mile long cemetery as you're driving along and, and uh, you, you can't see through the end of it, you know? So uh, it's like all of that. That's just uh, it, it, the architecture of some of those tombs down there, especially uh uh, you know, closer to New Orleans, the more high dollar tombs of people that had more money to build that that than, uh, have bigger tombs than just six by six, six by six, or something to put a coffin in. You know, we've got some down here that are probably 30 feet tall or so, big mounds of dirt. You know, uh, they got elks and deer on top of it you know we've got uh, a very large one that you see at the foot of canal street it's got a, uh, I believe it's a firefighter in like a house on the top of it i mean they're huge they're not it's not something that people see every day that you're not you don't see around here you know uh like to me uh i guess the equivalent for me would be seeing a mountain we everybody's gonna go oh yeah a mountain what's so good about that well the largest mountain i've seen you know is probably 20 feet tall that's about it that's a mountain to me and that's nothing that's a hill if that so yeah that's a slight uh, slope (laughs) yeah i've never seen a mountain range so that would be fascinating to me to see because i'm not well traveled i've ever been up north ever any rain any mountain ranges so down here like i said it's normal life and uh you know bourbon street living where we have down here uh uh, the craziness that goes on down there that's also normal life to us too uh you know so i, I saw somebody walking down bourbon street years ago it was, a, it was a guy and he wasn't the smallest guy in the world he was dressed like Catwoman and a tail and everything and you know what that's just something us New Orleanians just look at and go tuesday two, two o'clock on a tuesday <laughs> it's tuesday <laughs> that's
0: you know, funny but, i wonder what you know i'm I'm starting to think that the, you know the correlation here um if any and i could be creating this but because most places where you go i mean and just as a culture we hide our dead right we we don't want to talk about death we don't want to confront yeah. it, uh especially our own mortality but in a city like new orleans due to the geography uh you can't hide we cannot hide our dead down no. there and it's part of our everyday life. And death is a very real thing that has a physical a physical representation all around us in a very big way, as opposed to, like you said, just like little tombstones where you kind of got to guess. Yeah. And, and I wonder if having that is just such an accepted part of life, being death, that it also leads to like living life a little bit higher volume, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, cause it's, cause, cause we're aware in a situation where we're, you know, we see the representations of death everywhere we go that like, oh, we need to make the most of this life. And some people choose to do it through, uh, tiny cat suits on a Tuesday.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh no, we, we've got some characters down here in New Orleans, but it's a, uh, it's a melting pot of people down here. You know, everybody that comes down here, generally they love it, uh, because everything, it's it, it's family for the most part. Everybody down here is it's the southern hospitality, you know, so I've been uh, around here enough to know that's normal life to us, but uh, it's to, to, to tourists when you talk to them, they, they can't stop talking about the things that they've seen that uh, it's just something that you're not used to, uh, like uh, something to me, uh, I've, a dry county. I've heard of a lot of those. You know, what when somebody told me it's a dry county, I said, "Well, y'all don't get too much rain." Yeah. You right. know what? What do you what, what do you mean by that? They <laughs> said, "Oh no, you can't buy alcohol after eight o'clock or on a week, or whatever it is." And I, I, I said, I'll, "I'll go to a gas station at two a.m. in the morning. and I'll get plastered if I want to at a gas station while I'm filling up my truck." Yeah. You know that it's just something different. You know, I'm not aware of how it is other places, but down here, that's how it is. Whatever, any anywhere you want to go you've got alcohol, you've got, yeah. you know,
0: anything, you get you a drive through
1: margarita down there and oh, it's whatever, like, whatever you it's want wild, for the most yeah. part, mm-hmm. you know, and then they tell you don't drink and drive, but here's the drive through to go through. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. That's that. Like when I first realized that, I mean, cause I love that area. I love new Orleans and, and anybody listening who has not visited yet. I mean, I got, it's, it's gotta be up on your top five of your list of destinations to go
1: see. And if you can make it there,
0: uh, I'm curious, does haunted honey, like, do you have a storefront for this stuff or is it all online? <laughs>
1: No, everything's online. Uh, like I said, we're not a huge corporation or anything else like that. Uh, we we work out of our our homes. Our just an office type of thing. You know, we don't we don't have uh, storefront brick and mortar stores. We do get asked that a lot. Uh, we do everything by shipping. You know, if somebody's local, we can uh, try and you know meet up with you or so or so. Because like like I said, this isn't uh, the, the haunted honey. Even though it is very successful. That's not what our business was built around. You know, we're beekeepers, and bee removal is what pays our bills. That's the big thing. Honey is a byproduct. You know, that's a it's a wonderful thing to have. You know, and uh, I love doing it, but that's not what pays. Uh, you know, for for life type of thing. Uh, that's a that's a residual. The haunted honey, as you know, other than that, that helps out as well. But that's the what 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 keeps everything going. That's a, a specific time of year, pretty much seasonal, until we get more recognition. And it, it's it's hard to get. Uh, that's why I love doing podcasts with people like you uh, that know what audiences would like with this. Because it's very hard to hit the, the audience demographic because this isn't a product that everybody would be into. You know, this isn't a snowball or an ice cream or something like that, uh, even a book you know so you have to find out where your target audience is and the target audience for this has kind of been dumbed down a little bit uh you know with the uh, we advertise on facebook that was our general advertisement we put a lot of money behind it uh just with sponsored content and to try and hit certain demographics and as far as facebook's concerned it's kind of changed uh you know you, you can't hit Uh, the, the keywords that you want you know we used to put it under witchery halloween uh different things like that paganism uh you know wiccan uh occult different keywords to get this out to people that uh would be interested in these specific things just like anything else however it like i said it's dumbed it down you can't really reach out to those type of people because it's uh I think Facebook's kind of labeled them as taboo a little bit, you know, don't want to deal with it or that's not their value type of thing. So it makes it harder to get the product out to people that would actually, you know, appreciate it and want to use it. You know, uh, well, my, my wife likes to tell me sometimes she's like, oh, well, we can bring it to the farmer's market, you know, or so that's not what those p- specific people would be looking for there. honey. Yes, the haunted honey, not so much. You know it, it's so it with its uniqueness it brings its own unique crowd that we want that specific product uh, as a specialty as it is so that's uh the more people that know about it uh that's what's going to make it start kind of catching on even more and we can get it out to more people you know and they can get the experience it too
0: yeah i mean it's it's really 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 cool really fascinating what a great idea and what a great way to just i mean you know sometimes my friends will say to me, like, keep it simple, stupid, and it's like haunted honey, boom, it's perfect, and it, it cuts right to the heart of it. And I think, um, anybody listening to this is this is this would definitely be on their wheelhouse, and as a as, as like a magical aid and a magical tool, and you know, and man, if you hear like it's not called witchcraft and it's not called um the occult, but. Whenever people are talking about like, oh, we, you know, we're trying to manifest something here, you know, yeah. they're like, you know, visualize greatness or a vision board or things like that. All of that comes from comes from this, it comes from magic, essentially, and that it has its roots thousands and thousands of years ago and all this intention based stuff. And this sounds like the perfect tool to really supercharge that for people. So let's remind people or tell people like uh, specifically the website where people can get their actually get their hands on it, a jar of this.
1: The uh, our website is uh, www.beguys.com B E E G U Y Z dot com spelled wrong, Uh, and that's that's where our online store is, and you can also read on there different things about becoming a beekeeper. We we set up bees with people all the time, Uh, more about what we do with honeybee removals, Uh, and it's it's linked somewhat to our Facebook page, and uh, on the Facebook page uh, is also under Bee Guys with a Z LLC. Uh, That's where we that's our main social media platform. Uh, where we have probably 9,000 followers right now and 8,000 of that probably has come from the birth of Haunted Honey. So when Haunted Honey came up, we started shipping to, I think, 11 or 12 different countries within a week. And, you know, so uh, people from all over the world, it went global. Uh, But uh, the Facebook page is something where you can actually keep up with us uh, as far as Haunted Honey goes, but also as far as bee removal and everything else, honeybees go, because a lot of people are interested in honeybees. Uh, and it's something different than you don't see every day. Uh, you know, so that that's the best way for people to get in touch with us. Uh, they they're feel free to message us at all for anything they need, you know, and uh, we can get this product out too. And, you know, they can get to experience it because we've we've had nothing but positive feedback on it. And I'm not just saying that, you know, through, through the two years that it's been out, you know, there's been so much feedback, but it, it's, it's just unreal the way it's been working for people that's been putting it to the use that they've been wanting to use it for, you know, it, it's, it's helped them. It seems. That's awesome.
0: And it's, and, you know, and it sounds like it's got a wi- a very wide range. It does. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, so check it out, Craig, this has been a fun chat. Uh, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, and you know, best of luck in the future and everything else. And you know, if I'm ever down in new Orleans doing a show, maybe I'll try to reach out and see if I can't get my hands on a jar, uh, and you know, <laughs> right. Be- like I, I, maybe I should, I get a jar and just, I'm going to start maybe just having a little dabble do you before a show, get me juiced up. I mean, cause I do, I mean, I love sweets. I, I definitely have a sweet tooth, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely going to check out and give me some, uh, some of the haunted honey. I appreciate okay. you. I appreciate yes, you coming sir. on today. Be with me uh, after the show. Yeah, for sure. And uh, thanks again. And to everybody listening, don't forget check out bee guys, and that's with a z dot com. You can uh, get your hands on some haunted honey. Check out the Facebook page. Um, I've already been over there. Um, I learned a valuable tip about having a bee sting my penis, so it'll be enlarged forever. I saw something over there about that. Uh, so, so. <laughs> So, so we, we put up some
1: funny things too. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I love anybody who doesn't take life uh, so seriously. Um, uh, so go check it out. And uh, thanks for listening. Hope to see you at a live show. And if I don't, I'll see you at the watering hole on the astral plane.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the
0: deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.